Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, back at it again after a wild race at the Indianapolis Road Course. Lots of racing going on this weekend. And joining me to talk all about it, not Connor this week, he's on vacation up in the middle of nowhere camping. But Eric is here back on the show, ZenSense C, joining me again, filling in for Connor this week. It's great to have you back, man. Uh, thanks for having me. It's It's been a while since I've been on. Uh, I'm sure many of you noticed that the fantasy segment has been missing in action for a while. Um, I've had to withdraw from doing that because of some personal issues, but Ethan needed me for the podcast today. So um, I'm very happy to be back. I miss doing this. So um, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. And it's a good race to recap too. Nothing too boring this weekend. Uh, How much of the race did you get to watch? Oh, I watched all of it. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess it was an earlier start for you this time. So uh, yeah, about half an hour earlier than it usually does. Yeah. That's a little bit better. Um, so yeah, it, it was a, a, a full weekend double header between, uh, IndyCar and NASCAR IndyCar race on Saturday was pretty good. Alex Rossi snapped a three year win drought, which is pretty, pretty good for him. Um, and uh, the Xfinity race was wild. Ross Chastain did Ross Chastain things. Adrian Allmendinger won that big surprise. And the cup race, we'll break that down in a minute. But first, shout out to our sponsors, uh, Washington on the Daily on Instagram. Go check them out. All your Washington Commanders news and updates as the season is about a month away from getting started. It's crazy to believe the NFL is just a month away from kicking off. Um, and so they're in training camp and getting ready for the preseason. So he has lots of news and updates for your Washington commanders. So go follow him at WSH on the daily on Instagram. And as always, Circle B Diecast, your place for Diecast and NASCAR merchandise, including the uh, fresh today Tyler Reddick race win Indianapolis Diecast. Uh, go check that out. Use the code QuickPit. That's Q-U-I-C-K-P-I-T, all caps, no spaces, for $5 off an order of $30 or more. That helps us out, helps you out. So use that code to support the show. So, Eric, quick thoughts off the top of your head. Would you say that Indianapolis was a good race? Did you enjoy that race? I would say it was about, it was was pretty average. I would say for just an overall race, but for a road course, I think it was pretty good. Yeah. But um, oh, very ahead. messy, very messy. Yeah, I think, but that see, that's why we love NASCAR road racing is because they're trying to drive a brick around a road course. And I think with the next gen car on the other road courses that they visited, it hasn't been the case that they've driven too well, basically on some road courses that they could make a mistake and recover. Whereas for whatever reason at Indianapolis, they couldn't figure it out. And I think that's what made it fun was that it looked more like a vintage NASCAR road race with guys spinning out guys having a really hard time driving the cars around the track. 
See, well, that's where I disagree. I don't think it. W- I don't think they had a hard time driving it because Pilot Reddick had no issues going around the track, and uh, and plenty of other people behind him didn't have any issues. Uh, but drivers like Logano just decided to dive bomb it into turn one for absolutely no reason because he knew he could get away with it, and he did. He finished sixth. Yeah, I mean that. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into the top ten in a moment. I I, I would agree with you. Turn one was the problem spot all day. And I think whenever you have a hard braking zone, it's going to create issues, both sloppiness and also failures like that uh, Kyle Larson and Ty Dillon crash, which was quite scary when you watch the replay. Oh, that was, that was such a, such a hard hit. I'm not, I'm, I'm really glad uh, it wasn't worse than that because um if Larson had no brakes, which it seemed he didn't seem to have any brakes left, he would have just went right through the access road, probably slammed into a wall somewhere in the oval configuration. That would have been a very hard and scary hit if Ty Dillon wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, Ty Dillon definitely helped slow him down. Uh, props to Larson for getting that car like spun out so it wasn't a head on collision for him. He kind of he managed to make it more of a glancing blow, but. Whenever you see the foam and the roll cage itself on a race car, it, bad things have happened. Um, and uh, it's a good thing both of them were okay. Um, it, it does stink for Ty Dillon because he was actually having a good race. Um, one of the few good races for Ty Dillon. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a heavy hit. And that really, kind of like last year, you remember how it was – pretty dull until a late caution made everything chaotic. Yeah. Like uh, it, it was the, uh, the curb caution, right. That made it all really crazy. Right. Or yeah, was there another one before that? I think last year what kicked it off was like someone, someone like dropped debris on the track. Like it was something small. It was a legitimate caution, but like someone either just died on track and like had to stop. Or it was just a debris caution. It wasn't nothing major. And then the next restart was when the curb came up. But that was that all happened with like 15 to go. So, I mean, I, I it is uh, interesting how that uh, how that happened both years because the first natural caution didn't come until lap 62, and that was the Dylan and, and Larson Larson wreck. So, let's get into the top 10. I'll start it off with finishing in 10th place. Chris Busher, his car caught on fire. He inhaled a couple lungs full of smoke. I was shocked that he didn't get out of there. I thought, oh, man, their day is done. But um, they uh, put the fire out, filled the car with a fire extinguisher, had him drive a lap, come back to pit road, um, and then they blew it all out with, like, leaf blowers. And he comes back to finish 10th. So uh, a pretty interesting race for Chris Buescher. Yeah, consistently the fastest Roush car. I'm not sure if that says uh, if that says much about him or if it says much about Keslowski. I would say it may be a bit of both when it comes to the performance of them. Um, I, I think uh, Buescher is overperforming and I think Brad is underperforming at the moment. Uh, I would say the cars are somewhere in the middle of, of, of their performance right now. But um, there's definitely been a clear... Um, improvement in the Roush cars throughout the year. Very slow improvement, but it's 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 bad. it has been visible. You can tell they've been getting better. To be fair, Brad had good speed. Um, he, he qualified 12th, and he was running good most of the race until he started spinning out, um, which 
Brad Brad has always not been great at road courses, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in this one. You yeah, know? well, um, hopefully it it gets a bit better uh, next week in Michigan because um, Ford always puts a lot of uh, emphasis on that track, so I'm really excited to see how that's going to go for him. All right, so it, finishing in ninth, we have the 41 of Cole Custer. I have no idea how he got in this position. I don't think I saw him once the entire race, which is pretty much the Cole Custer way. Um, good for him, I guess. Much needed momentum for the 41 team. Um, not really much to say. I don't know. I know you, you're you on, on Reddit. Um, did you see that comment yesterday on the post-race thread that said, it was from a Custer fan that said, I'm completely shocked. I thought this was a yearly occurrence. <laughs> Because now he's got two on the year. Wait, has he had two top tens? Like Cole Custer has has gotten multiple top tens this season. This is his second top ten. Yeah, and he's he also had only two top tens last year too. So this just seems to be the Custer cycle or something. Yeah, he got. Oh, he's actually on a decent run. Finished fifteenth at Road America. Ninth at Atlanta, 27th at Loudoun. That's not great. Uh, then tw- uh, 17th at Pocono and ninth here at Indy. Oh, man, if that's considered a good stretch nowadays, holy crap. <laughs> it is. You know what? I- I'm looking back at his stats now. He hasn't qualified awful. Like, I don't know. Some- Cole Custer is such an enigma. Even in 2020, he wasn't that good. I mean, he he only had he had like that one just flash in the pan moment at Kentucky that could have honestly gone to anyone because it was like a five wide race or whatever it was. People forget could have gone to anyone. That prior that prior to getting spun out by Brad, Jimmy Johnson was running down the leaders in that race. Yeah, I wasn't very happy with Brad, even as a fan after that one. Yeah, I mean, looking at Custer's 2020 stats, let's let's see here. So he – actually, let's look at his overall stats. So 2020, his average finish was 19.2. Last year, his average finish was 21.3. This year, it's 20.9. So he really hasn't gotten worse or gotten better. Like – he just, I don't know, maybe 2020 got a little bit luckier with like, because they didn't qualify and like the, the, the metrics. So if you string a couple of good races together, then you're starting up front and, you know, at the 550 package where you can't pass much, you know, stuff like that. And Ford was a lot better too. Yes. So, and that's the other thing I was going to say, like, if you were to like match the performance with the results, it's probably not changed at all. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like in 2020, Ford was really good. Probably. But I still think he should start showing some gradual. Yeah. Some gradual improvements. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's found his groove. You never know. Someone who has found his groove is the 34 of Michael McDowell finishes eighth, another top 10, ninth on the year. That 34 team keeps clicking off those finishes. Nothing to say. Very close to the top 20 in points right now. I might, uh, they might have already been in the top 20 in points before the penalty. Um, well, 
let's see. If you add in, if you add 100 points to his point total, he's at 376 right now. Add 100. Yeah, he would be in good grief. He'd be in 19th place ahead of Hamlin and Great Wallace. Year. Great year for McDowell. Very good. Yeah, phenomenal. All right, who's next? Um, we're kind of used to seeing him, him in the top 10 at, at these tracks. Uh, A.G. Allmendinger, another great run for the 16 team, had a really, really messy and intense day. Um, his cool suit stopped working very early in the race. Um, he was completely exhausted in that car. You could visu- visually see it on his face whenever they uh, switched to his in-car. He was just resting on the roll cage of the car, just looked completely out of it, somehow still finishes in the top 10. What a great road course driver at this point. Probably one of, if not the best, NASCAR has seen. He's always performing, even when he's not in ideal situations. We've seen him do this at Sonoma, too. He's always in it. Yeah. I mean, what was it? After his Xfinity win, I think Luck posted he's won seven out of 22 Xfinity road course races. That's it. That's you know, you look at that and you're like, that's less than a third, but he's won nearly a third of the road course races he's competed in in the Xfinity series. That, that's that's tremendously impressive. You know, it's not tremendously impressive. It's it the would road- be a vi- Oh, go ahead. No, it's fine. Go ahead. What's not tremendously impressive is the move that Joey Logano made on the second to last restart, sending it in with no regard to the safety of his fellow competitors, no regard to uh, the the racing uh, etiquette that he so often complains about when he's on the other end of it. Joey Logano just yeets it in to the corner and still manages a sixth-place finish despite taking out multiple drivers. It's hard to take him seriously at this point. Like, his words on the sport very seriously because – he doesn't follow his he, he doesn't follow his own advice. He's always in trouble some way somehow. He always has an incident even when it's not his fault. He's still involved in some way. And at some point you got to look at the common denominator, which is him. He always finds a way to be in in these situations because that's just how he puts himself across to other drivers as just a reckless fool sometimes. He just he doesn't think when he drives. Yeah. And, and then he goes and complains about it when someone else raises him hard. You know, you know, I had started, not the way to do it. I had started to like Logano, and then the last couple months it's gone back. I remember why I hated him for so long. Darlington actually did it for me. That I, I started to warm up to him, and he just dumped William Byron out of the way for literally no, no reason. Just He didn't even try to pass him. He was just like, oh, I'm going to get too lazy to try to pass him. I run into him and, 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 and wreck him. Um, yeah. That's not how you're supposed to do it. That's not how uh, that's not how retaliation works. Yeah, you're supposed to actually have something happen to you before you retaliate. Logano did not actually have any sort of contact or meaningful contact with Byron in that race. Yeah, he just made it up. He's like, oh, I can get away with it now. Kids these days do it all the time. Well, guess what, Joey? You're not you're not sliced bread anymore. You cannot pawn uh, your your reckless driving 
off on um, just uh, being young and inexperienced. You know what you're doing. You know, he frankly, he doesn't care. I know he doesn't care. Um, who's next? A very good run for the 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finished in the top five, and this is his third consecutive top 10 of the season. Very good run for the 23 team. Um, definitely seemed to have found something. Um, man, I wish Kurt was here too because um, those 2311 cars are really fast. I would have been very interested to see how Kurt would have done in this stretch of races. I'm sure he would have been right up there with his teammate. Uh, Ty Gibbs, though, has done a phenomenal job too so far. Kept the car extremely clean. Uh, sometimes in his situation, it's good to not be mentioned because that means you're not wrecking people. You're not being in the way. You're just running your own race. Good for him. Good for Wallace. Very good run for this team and very good run to get in the top five. Very impressive. I forgot that Ty was in the race, and that's a good thing. Um, and uh, for, for Bubba, I mean, this is it, – it's his career year at, at this point, uh, minus a win, of course. But um, Ty he's now tied his career best in top fives with three and his career best in top tens with five, and he's still got a long way to go. Um, he's really – He's turned it on since the Tyler Reddick announcement was made. So, I mean, take that, take that as you will, but um, he's been really good recently. Uh, great run for him, especially on a road course where Bubba is not typically very good. That's a great race for Bubba Wallace. Who also had a great race was another front row car, both cars in the top 10. This one in the top five, fourth place, Todd Gilliland. First career top 10 comes a fourth place finish at Indianapolis. Really good run for him. I mean, he has won um, a truck road course race. So he's no slouch on the road courses, but still, I don't think any of us saw this coming, even though he qualified top 10. Great run for the rookie in the 38 car. Real good job. Um, definitely one of the best uh, drivers of the gate front row has had in the past years um john hunter some would argue he was a little bit better at this point i think gildan is more consistent so i will give the edge to him um but uh very good very good job um i'm still not entirely sure if he's cup ready i still think he should at least run a single season of xfinity if um if i was if i was maybe uh if i was kislowski for example i would maybe open up an xfinity team to have todd drive there for for a couple of years to try to develop him because he's a really talented driver. Um, Brad should try to groom him to drive the six car at some point. If not him, maybe Zane Smith. Uh, I'm kind of getting sidetracked, but my he's really good. So Ford should try to keep on, hold on to him as much as they can, make some room for him on a good team because um, there's definitely some talent there. I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this. On, on the Dale Jr. download this past week, Dale was talking about how, you know, if if Gibbs can, he thinks, he thinks uh, Ty Gibbs should get moved to Cup next year. And, and his reasoning is that now the Cup car is so different from the truck and Xfinity cars that right now, at least in terms of learning to drive them, the playing field is more level. As in doesn't matter if you're a rookie or you're a 20-year veteran, you're having to learn to drive a new car. And so that helps rookies um, not be so far behind. And every year that this next-gen car is in use, 
uh, you could you could think, okay, it's going to be harder for rookies to keep up when they come in because they're they're everyone else has more experience than them. So in that sense, it's good that Gilliland is in cup now, even though he might not be developmentally ready from the the traditional aspect. He he's learning the car at the same speed that everyone else is. He's learning the car at the same speed that Denny Hamlin is, that Kyle Busch is, that Chase Elliott is. I mean, they're all trying to figure it out together. And so he's not falling behind so much. And, you know, I think we've seen, we've seen flashes over the course of the year. Um, but I, I think that 38 car, he's, he's looked a lot better recently. I think. My point is, um, he doesn't really have a lot of trophies. He doesn't have a lot of race wins in any of the top three divisions. Um, I just think it would be a good idea to show other teams, hey, I can win. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. Consider me for a ride because I can win. The 38 is always slightly behind the 34, I would say. I think you've noticed that too. Yeah. And um, while Front Row is having a really, really good year, they still haven't shown consistent winning speed they, they've definitely shown top 10 and top five speed but i haven't seen a race where okay i would be able to confidently say mcdowell might win this or gillen might win this um gillen needs some trophies in his case and i think going down to an opportunity for a year or so that would be a great way to get some trophies get some wins show every team in the garage hey i can win give me a shot in a good car so i can win even more yeah and I would agree with you on that, but let's look at, so the last two drivers in the 38 car have done just that. Alfredo goes down to our motorsports. He's, unless he gets a win, he's not making the playoffs. And John Hunter goes down to the truck series. He made the final four last year. He won races. He's doing good again this year, although he, he raced like a bit of a brat on Friday night. Um, but, you know, he hasn't gotten another cup offer. He hasn't even doesn't even seem that he can get an Xfinity offer. And so besides part-time gigs, so it, it makes you wonder, like, okay, maybe it's not for a great team, but just being in the cup series opens a lot of doors. I mean, look at how De Benedetto got got up. He he overperformed in what was viewed as bad equipment. So he got a better ride. He overperformed in that car, so he got a better ride. And honestly, he should have won a race in his two years in the 21, but he he showed that he was a competent driver once you put him in good in a good car. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at RFK or, or something like that. But at the same time, he's a Gilliland. That's that's a front row family connection. I'm sure if if they can keep providing him the race cars to be decent, I think Gilliland will stay at front row for a long time. I would be happy to see him stay. I mean, at the moment, I would say that team is a perfect fit for him. If they can get their stuff straight, if they can get the cars into playoff uh, stand, into playoff standard constantly, just consistently racing for top ends, then I would be more than happy to see him stay there for many, many years. At the moment, I would I would tend to disagree. Just mainly looking at how the 38 car has been treated in the past years. I mean, Anthony wasn't great but he had sponsorship and he he did his best i would say john hunter Niemicek, he was actually not not bad at all he was pretty good and they still both got kicked out of the car i mean yeah gillen does have the connections 
but I am starting to feel that maybe the 38 car is a bit of a brick wall that it's kind of hard to go further from that 38 car. Hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. But see, I don't think if, if anyone were to break that cycle of the 38 being, you know, a step behind the 34, the second car on the team, it would be a Gilliland, right? I mean, his dad raced for the team for a decade or whatever it was. He, like, they have the connections. I mean, he is a roundabout silver spoon driver, you know. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point he becomes the top driver. Like, like whenever McDowell leaves, I think Gilliland is the top driver on that team. Hopefully, um, I, I hope that that's going to pan out for him. I, um, I think he's really underrated. I really liked him in a truck series, and I'm happy to see him succeed in the cup series too. I hope uh, stuff works out for him there. Yes. All right, uh, top three, Eric. Um, you got the next one. Uh, number 21, Harrison Burden. Great run for him. Has been on a pretty consistent, um, consistent streak lately. He seems to have found his group finally. Um, Still would say that car is definitely lower midfield, but he's not wrecking as much anymore. And he's just completing the laps. He's staying out of the way. Um, I would say he's starting to find his groove. That does seem to be the case with Burden. It takes a while for him to learn a car, but when he does, he's usually pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of races, he led laps at Pocono. He led laps at, at Loudoun. He had a, his first career top 10 at Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. And now, now a top five. I mean, he qualified 13th in the race and, and finished third. That's a really great run. I'm sure it helped that it's a track he's driven probably a couple more times than some of the cup guys have, given that he was in, in the uh, Xfinity series the last couple of years. But overall, I would agree with you. He's uh, really looked he's looked better recently and run run more consistently. Um, he's moved up a couple spots in the point standings the last couple weeks, um, still needs a win of course, but I, I would agree. I think, I think for guys like Gilliland and Burton and guys like that, I think next year will be really interesting to see how they do in their second year with this car. Um, so yeah, good run, great run for, for Harrison Burton. Finishing second is Austin Cindric, the third of three rookies in the top five. Um, he started second, finished second, didn't lead any laps, but a really good run for Cindric. He's um, had a, a good turnaround the last couple of weeks. Um, for a while, he didn't have really any any good runs since winning the 500. And now over the last two months, he has, I think, since Sonoma, uh, seven races ago. In the last seven races, he has five top five top tens and three top fives in that span. So he's, he's really been pretty good recently. I would say probably one of the better rookies we've seen uh, in the past couple of years, not since uh, Chase Elliott, maybe I, w- I, w- I would say we've had a better rookie. Sinrick is doing a phenomenal job in that two car better than I expected. Definitely. Yes. All right. Who's our winner. We already mentioned him earlier, but uh, now we can, we can start breaking this down. Tyler Reddick wins the race second race win of the season second win in in the month of july leads nearly half laps 38 laps uh pretty well dominated and uh 
Almost lost it to Ross Chastain, although that wouldn't have mattered in the end. But uh, he's been really good since uh, all the contract stuff started with RCR. Uh, I feel like maybe he's um, he's a little bit more relaxed now, knowing that um, he doesn't have to worry about where he's going to drive yeah. uh, on the long term. Because uh, from what I heard, the whole reason this happened was because RCR was being a bit shy on pulling the trigger on him. They kept giving him, hey, maybe we'll, we'll pick up your option, but we're, we might not sign something long term. That's, that's not very good considering this is their best driver since Harvick. They shouldn't be this, this cautious on him. They should just be all in on him. But um, they chose to mess around with him. And understandably so, Reddick chose to leave because he felt he wasn't being valued. Um, Great race for him. A very dominant. Um, got the pole, led the most laps, I'm pretty sure, and uh, and got the win. Very, very good race from him. Um, going in with a lot of momentum in the playoffs, which um, is really important. Um, he would have some really, really good tracks late in the playoffs, so I think it's really important for him to get as many playoff points and as many wins as possible so he can secure uh, that penultimate round to try to get the homestead and try to make a run at it because uh, that would be his best shot would you say that he's a championship threat championship threat based on the tracks in the playoffs do you think he i think he's a championship four threat but i don't think he can i don't think he would show up at phoenix necessarily well well but but remember remember where he finished at phoenix i think he finished second no third he was battling it out with briscoe and uh um, Chastain for the win right at the end. I mean, I know the problem is I don't really trust RCR. I trust Tyler, but I don't trust RCR at all. Would they? You think they would sabotage his car? They would not sabotage his race car in the championship race. Oh, definitely not. That's not what I'm saying. I just don't think they would have the resources to battle Hendrick or Joe Gibbs in the championship. I, I just don't see that. They haven't had the resources to do stuff like that for years. I don't think they could bring their best. Uh, car in a championship race uh, compared to Henrik like that that just I just don't see that happening yeah I, I can see that I, I the, the one thing to keep in mind to play devil's advocate on that I would I completely agree I would not trust them to bring a race winning car um, but they were they are the ones that developed the next gen part so on that side they 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 should have a good a good understanding of it, in theory, and they've brought fast race cars to a lot of tracks. So I don't know, but I, I would agree with you. I don't think he could win the championship. But if you get him to the round of eight, where where Homestead is, then I would like if he's in the round of eight and we're we're all making our championship four threats at the start of the round of eight. I would put him in just because of Homestead, you know. Because he's so good at Homestead. Um, Same here. Now, let, let's talk about the Ross Chastain thing. I personally think that was 100% intentional. And NASCAR should have followed their rules and let him keep the finish. What's, what's your thoughts? Uh, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think they... I don't think it was that big of a deal, to be completely honest. I think they should have just penalized him when it happened um the interview chastain gave was weird i mean he he looked just so nonchalant about it kind of like kind of he was kind of teasing the report about it yeah like i did it what are you gonna do about it i mean 
Chastain is is been rubbing me the wrong way f- for the past month, I would say. Like after his first incident at Gateway with Hamlin, I was like, okay, he genuinely seemed sorry. Maybe he just made a mistake. But um, there's some there's just a lot of incidents where he just doesn't get better. And when when he when he gets paid back, paid back, or when um when he just makes another stupid mistake. He just plays well as me again, and I don't really like that. It feels fake to me. I I would disagree. I think first of all, I I I I really don't think he should have been penalized. I mean, would you rather see that's the situation where his recent his recent incidents have put him in a tough spot because either you send it in there and you get involved in that and everyone gets mad at you. Or you go around and you take the, the the long way around. He didn't look like he slowed down on the replay. I don't I think he was like, I'm not even gonna try and go through turn one. I'm just gonna act like I missed it and see where I come out. And because so many people got bottled up on that restart, he ends up coming out near the lead. So I yeah, I don't think they should have penalized him, but I I, I think. It is funny how people don't like the rough Dale Earnhardt type character when they actually get it. Now I'm not comparing Ross to Dale Earnhardt, but I do think he's, I think overall he's good for the sport. Cause I mean, how many weeks in a row have we talked about Ross Chastain? You know, I mean, from a sponsorship standpoint for track house, He's great for Trackhouse because he puts them in the news every week, good or bad. Either he's winning and being like racing great because he has a ton of talent, obviously, or he's done something stupid again or aggressive. And I, I love Ross Chastain as the guy, as an attention bringer for the sport. On track, he's had a lot of incidents, but I think you got to respect what he's doing for NASCAR right now. See, I don't. I wouldn't compare him to to Earnhardt at all because here's the issue with most of these new aggressive drivers like Logano, like Chastain, like, oh man, I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> Whatever, just like th- those are good enough examples. Logano and Chastain, they're very aggressive and the most aggressive drivers in the field. They never own up to it. Whenever you you go interview them, Chastain would say, "Oh, I, I'm I'm just stupid. I I I can't drive. I deserve to get wrecked." Earnhardt would just say, "Yeah, I wrecked him. What are you gonna do about it?" Logano starts making up some some stupid stuff that no one even noticed or something that happened two years ago that no one not even him believes and he just doesn't say oh I wrecked him I'm just deal with it if they would just own up to it I'm sure not as many people would would care they would just okay well at least he knows he's he's driving like an idiot but they, they they refuse to acknowledge the fact that they're driving dirty I feel like Ross has at least admitted his aggressiveness and his mistakes. I I don't think any of his incidents have been intentional. I think it's just been him making a mistake. And so in that sense, the, oh, woe is me, I messed up again. That mindset makes sense, I guess. That like too far, too much humility, basically. But it, it does get annoying. Um, I'm... I, I, yeah, I, I like Ross Chastain just for what he brings to the, to the table for the sport. Cause 
every week there's something to talk about. I mean, recording the podcast, we've talked about him weeks on end. So, I mean, that's that's overall a good thing for the sport. That's why I like um, that's why I like Kyle Busch because um, he's he doesn't get mu- doesn't get much more aggressive than Kyle Busch. But when he actually does something aggressive and some people would that some people would call um, controversial, he just says he did it. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just says, "Hey, I wrecked the guy. Deal with it." He doesn't try to logano it and and remind people of what happened in 2016 at at the second Martinsville race. He just says, "Yeah, I wrecked him. Deal with it." That's just how I am. And that's what I like about him. He doesn't try to spin it and to try to defend himself in these stupid ways. Just says what happened and and, and acknowledges what he did. And and I think that's honorable. Yep. NASCAR needs the Kyle Bushes, the Ross Chastains, the Noah Gregson. They need the aggressive drivers. All right. Coming up next, we've got a driver interview. I'm talking to Mamba Smith, who's fresh off his first ARCA start. That's coming up next on the Quick Fit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, and today we're super excited to have Mamba Smith joining the show today, fresh off of a top 10 in his first career start in the Arkham Art Series. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Pretty good. It's, it's a nice, warm summer day, and it's always great to have another interview here on the show. So last weekend, you were at Indianapolis Raceway Park, first career Arca start. Talk me through that. What was the weekend and the race like? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, IRP is one of my favorite racetracks. Um, I'd only, there's only probably one other track that I'd like to race at more and that's New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And that's just because I'm from Vermont. So that's a home track for me. Um, you know, AJ Almendinger, um, being a part of it was huge. AJ is a good buddy and we did a tribute to his first, uh, champ car win. So that was cool. We had maestros uh classics the beard beard butter was on board um ghost and his people were super great um elliot's custom trails and carts they actually brought out their new motorhome for me so i got to chill out in the motorhome uh while we had some downtime that was cool and in the tony elliott foundation um we had mark mamba and the mayor on the on the hood of the car which is sweet that's my podcast with with nascar and then um, Team Dillon uh, Management is the one who put it together with, with Young's Motorsports. So just a lot of cool people involved. And, and Coleman Presley was spotting. He's probably one of the best spotters uh, in the game today. So um, it was a really fun, fun time. So how how was the race uh, getting to race in the Arca Menard series? Excuse me. Yeah, um, easy, easy for how, you to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how was how how the racing itself? Was it um, a big step up or, or did you feel pretty comfortable right away? No, I felt, I felt pretty comfortable right away. I mean, um, I did a little eye racing with Jesse Little leading up to. Um, got me pretty comfortable uh, knowing where I'm at on track. Um and then the uh, the actual car the, itself was so it was so good it was had so much grip uh, that I really wasn't I really wasn't nervous or didn't have any um, 
any really complaints about it. It was, it, we were probably maybe a little snug all day, but uh, rather be that than been loose in and then um, back in the fence for no reason. So uh, the car was good. Um, I think uh, racing all the short track races I've done, you know, whether it be, you know, Snowflake uh, 100 or Motor Beach 400 or anything like that is really, uh, really made making that step pretty, pretty easy and pretty seamless. So it was fun to be out there competing. I think we could have finished like sixth probably if um, if a couple of different things didn't happen or did happen or whatever. But ninth, the the body, all the panels were on it, so I can't be mad about it. Absolutely. So let's go all the way back to the start of your career. How did you get interested in racing, and how has your career progressed up to this point? Uh, yeah. So I um I was like four years old, and my dad took me to. Uh, Thunder Road Speed Bowl, which is Ken Squire's old racetrack. Um, loved it from that point. He bought me a go-kart and uh, we started winning and then we won some and we won some more, won some more. And I figured out winning's kind of fun. So maybe we should keep doing this. And, you know, fast forward about 12 years and now I'm 16 and I found out about the NASCAR diversity program, start going to the combine and trying out for that. Uh, didn't get picked the first six years i made it on the seventh try um but they offered me a job so i took the job the second year because i ran out of money to race moved down here started sweeping floors in the shop um became a mechanic uh and then you know won a championship with larson and then left there and went to uh was kind of in between and then got a job offer from Stuart haas so i was there for a few years um was there when when kevin came and we won the championship there so uh that was cool and then left there went to mdm motorsports which uh was just a dominating race team and helped build that program and we won 30 racers um in three years and we were just on top of the game uh won a championship with uh harrison burton and with Sheldon creed and won a trek race with bubba wallace um at, at michigan and at that point i was doing all the PR and communication stuff. So um, that our door shut and left and I was outside of the sport for a few years. And then NASCAR called and asked if I want to do some on camera stuff. And I was like, well, sure. So here we are. Now we're the chief hype officer for NASCAR, loving life. And now racing as well. So yeah. back in back in the car as well. Um, so what's the your long term goal for, for your career in racing, both uh, driving and as you mentioned behind the scenes doing social media doing PR doing mechanic work what, what's your what's your goals for this uh, I mean I've hit all my goals that I that I really wanted to hit you know I wanted to race on a regular basis down here at one point I did that in 2014 um, me and Danny Johnson with our late model we ended up 38th in the nation at one point so that was pretty cool uh, that was I was sponsored by house animation at that point so I was a part of their program um, and then, you know, now I've won championships and now it's, now it's really about giving back. Um, I got Mamba media. So we, we try to give people a place to, to work on their craft and being journalists and being content creators. So I really, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about helping people get into the sport. So now it's just about doing that. Um, I've had so many careers and different jobs in this thing that, that at this point, like I'm still, I'm happy. I've, I've, I've done it. I've done it all and done it all at a pretty high level. So now it's time to start helping other people.
Uh, what, uh, or sorry, who, who in racing has helped you during your career? Who have you leaned on and worked with in the past? that's really helped advance your career. Oh man, there's so many people. Um, just to say a few, you know, Jefferson Hodges, who, who gave me a job at, at Rev, Rev Racing and, uh, Danny Johnson, who did my late model stuff, but then my, you know, a couple of my best friends, Bubba uh, Wallace and, and Ryan Blaney, they've supported me a lot. Kyle Larson, um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Kevin Harvick, Tony Stewart, uh, just a ton of people at Stewart Haas have been a part of my career. And um, my buddy, Too Tall Medill, he, he went racing with us when we were just getting started. There's just so many people, man, I, that have helped out. And whether it's a financial way or whether it's turning wrenches, putting stickers on, uh, driving up and down the racetrack, just having support, man. It's, it's been a wild ride. It's only, we're only 12 years in, but I feel like I've been here for a hundred. So it's been cool. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you prepare for a race and, uh, both on both sides when you're part of the crew and also when you're getting ready to, to drive? Uh, I mean, I haven't been a part of a crew in since 2018. So I haven't, I haven't really turned a wrench in a while, which is nice, <laughs> but, um, um, you know, getting ready to drive is tough. I only race once a year right now. So, uh, just try and do some eye racing and, you know, keep your body fit. Um, this, this last race, the Arca race was 200 laps. So that was the longest, longest race I've done probably in my career. Um, and, uh, it was hot. So just staying in the gym, staying healthy and, and, uh, positive mental attitude really goes a long way. It goes further than you, than you would think. So, uh, doing all those little things, but really you don't know until you know. So, um, with racing once a year, it's, uh, <laughs> I drink a lot of truly and a lot of tequila. So that, that keeps me pretty fit. Um, so do you have anything else in store for this season? I guess you, you just said that you only race once a year, but is there anything else in the works possibly after your good run this past week? Yeah. Um, uh, Huffman racing, Landon Huffman has a, he has a couple late models. Um, he asked me if I'd like to go run at North Wilkesboro or at, um, Hickory for their fall brawl. So those are two options. Um, uh, nothing's come up about any more ARCA races. If, if, um they did i wouldn't mind doing phoenix i like phoenix that place is pretty cool it's a good time it's the end of the year it's you know everyone's having fun so that'd be pretty pretty good time so i don't know we'll see we have some options um i'm not i'm not really pressed about it you know the it wanted to be the right opportunity i don't want to just go to drive around and, and ride around i want to go compete so um we might be doing that with landon here pretty soon we'll see North Wilkesboro, that would be really cool. The pictures from cool. last night look really, really neat. The fans came out, man. And that's, you know, I've been saying it to people a lot. Like, okay, you finally got North Wilkesboro back, but you better show up. Like, if people don't show up, it doesn't matter if NASCAR goes or anyone goes if the people don't show up. So it's good to see everyone showing up. They showed up, certainly. I can't wait to see the crowd when, when junior races at the end of the month. Oh, uh, they're probably going to have to open up the backstretch for that one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'd hope. That would be really neat. All right. So if, if you could go back and attend any race in motorsports history, what race would you go to? Like you got a you got a time machine. Wow. You can go watch anything. Wow, man. Uh go watch any race. I would have to go with I would I would want to go see honestly the I forget what the date was. But 
it was the race at IRP, the truck race at IRP, where they went like four overtimes. And this is like before we really knew like what overtime was. They just made this rule that we wouldn't end like under caution. And they would come off a turn two and wreck. And they'd come off a turn two again and wreck. They did it four times in a row. That just that finish and IRP races so well. Uh, that finish was so cool. So I think I'd like to see that in person. What's what's your favorite race that you have been into been to in person? Like what's the most memorable one for you? Um, the most memorable race that I wasn't that I wasn't racing in. Yeah. Uh probably was probably was the Rockingham, um, the KN season 2012 Rockingham. Kyle Larson was driving for us and we won the championship on that day. Um, and we were about to lose it and Brett Moffitt and Tyler Reddick um, got into it off the backstretch on the last lap. And that's what won us the championship that one. And when um, Kyle, Kyle won at Loudon that year and that's, a, that's my home race. So I love that. And then one year uh, we had um, Corey LaJoy driving for us and he won at Loudon too. So those two, those three races are pretty, pretty high on the, on the scale. That's, that's really neat. All right. So we like to close out our interviews with some quick pit questions, rapid okay. fire. Uh, we got about five of them here. Favorite track on the current schedule. And, and this is cup series, which I think I might know your answer at this point. Uh, no, I don't know. Well, that one's my favorite. Cause I like it's home, but that's not like my favorite one to go. My favorite track on the cup schedule. Hang on one second. Let me think real quick. Um, I do love Richmond. Uh, I like old Bristol, new Bristol, not as much. Watkins Glen is cool. Yeah, let me go. Let me go with Richmond. I think. Let me go with Richmond. I think Richmond. Actually, I lied. I lied. I do got it. Fontana. Fontana. I feel like Fontana every year puts on one of the best races, and the track is so abrasive. That one. Yeah, Fontana. It was a great race this year. Um, if logistics weren't an issue, one track that you'd add to the Cup schedule. Or the, the, the national series schedule. Yeah. I um I I honestly would like us to go to uh Circuit Villeneuve back in, in, in Canada, uh or Mexico City again. I think those two races put on such a good race. Um and it was cool to be in a, in a different country and all that stuff. If we could go overseas, I'll pick any of them overseas. I don't care. Let's go overseas, let's just go do it. I think that'd be cool too. Logistics aren't an issue. Let's go race Monaco. Let's go uh, race. I mean, why not? Let's do it. Um, what is the best racetrack concession item? Like Martinsville hot dog style. Yeah. Uh, I, every time I go to the racetrack, I get a cheeseburger. It seems like, a, I don't know what it is about a, a racetrack cheeseburger. They always seem to taste like, for my taste buds, like right on time. So that's where I'm at. I, I love a good solid cheeseburger. I can see where you're coming from. Like where I'm at, like high school football cheeseburgers are delicious for some some reason. I don't know why. And it's like, don't get me wrong, like a Bad Daddy's Burger or Harriet's Burger down here in Charlotte. They're super good. Like craft burgers are awesome. But there's something about some lame-o cheeseburger from a little concession stand that always hits it right. They're always delicious. All right. Favorite race car that you've driven? Man, uh, the Arca car I had a lot of fun driving, but I think my favorite my favorite race car that I drove was the Allison Legacy car. The Allison Legacy car was this four cylinder, 
uh, purpose built race car, but it was like three quarter scale. So it was, it was smaller. It was a little bigger than like a mini cup. That thing was so much fun to race with. You could drive the hell out of it. And it was, it was cool. I like that thing. So is that like an actual series that's, that's racing? Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's called the Allison legacy series. I, it might be dead now. Um, but the, uh, the Allison family, they, they founded it. They started it, uh, for a little while. It was really big. It was something that Brandon McReynolds did it. Um, John Hunter Nemechek raced in it too. There was, there's some good guys that raced in it and I raced in it up North. So I did love those. It uh, looks like they're still uh, still around. They have a 2022 nope. schedule. There, there it is. Those, those are the ones. Those are the ones. I'll have to look into that once we're done uh, recording this here. All right. Best racing movie. Best racing movie. Best racing movie. I mean, it's easy to go like that. I would love to see a redone Days of Thunder. Um, but my favorite racing movie, I'm not going to say it's the best, but my favorite is Driven with, huh. uh, yeah, with Sylvester Stallone and and I, that that movie was always gets me. I love that one. That that one does not come up very often. Yeah, I'm most, sure it doesn't. A lot of people hate it, but I loved it. Most people say Days of Thunder. I think yeah. that's the, that's the easy answer. Yeah, it's the easy go to. So I'm trying to you know dig deep and really think about it. Would you do you think they do a good job like like they did with Top Gun remake? I I think so. I don't know how you wouldn't be able to right. Like if if Top Gun was that good, like I mean, come on, let's. Let's redo Days of Thunder. Let's make it. I mean, it's a little bit different, right? Like, you got to put, you'd have to put the cameras and cars that are on track at, a, like, an actual race. Well, they had like, to qualify the cars in for the movie, didn't they? I Yeah, they were actually on track for some of the racing. So, yeah. I, which, which, by the way, which, by the way, we do have on-board cameras anyway. So, yeah. like... Uh, why not? I feel like we should be able to do it. I mean, they did it. That uh, let's go. Let's do it. Um, let's do it. Yeah, I I, I don't think the logistics. I, I would just be interested what the storyline would be. How yeah, it, it would have to kind of be like. So Cole Trickle has had this great like great career. It almost have to be like him, like being a driver coach type of situation, yeah. and then. Maybe, maybe like someone gets hurt or something, and he has to get in, and and like he wouldn't probably he wouldn't win, right? You you could make him win, but like that'd be a that'd be a big stretch. But like he'd have to get in and like finish. No, you'd have to make him win. Screw it, make him win. <laughs> he has to go win the race and and save this person's career or whatever. That's that's probably how it'd have to go. Which, you know. Yeah. That- that would be really interesting to see. I don't know if NASCAR has quite the the clout now to to pull something like that off, like it did uh, in the '90s. I mean, true, but now after Top Gun, it's like, all right, what else did what else did he do? Yeah, you know that. And it's like Days of Thunder is such a hot commodity. Like you might as well run it back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man. This is a lot of fun. Where can you be found on uh, social media, online, uh, merchandise, yeah. stuff like that? Uh, no merchandise, but all my socials is Mamba Smith 34, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think Snapchat is Mamba 34, Reddit's Mamba Smith. Everything's Mamba Smith 34. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It was truly a pleasure to talk to you. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Keep grinding.
All right, coming up next, me and Eric will preview the racing at Michigan this weekend. That's coming up next on the Quick Tip Podcast. third and final segment of this week's episode of the quick pit podcast joined by eric this week connor's on vacation he's filling in and uh we've got we've got a good race hopefully to to preview this week we have no idea how these cars are going to race what do you think uh we'll start off with this is the most likely scenario for how this race goes will it be like auto club will it be like last year where the draft was really strong, but not pack strong, or do you think we might get pack racing like some people in the industry expect? What do you think will happen at Michigan? Uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the hot take. I think we're going to get pack racing, honestly. Really? Yep. But they're not, they're, uh, they're using the normal package for mile and a half, right? Or are they using the, the super speedway package? I don't think they're I, I feel like we would have heard about it. Why do you think we're gonna get pack racing? I guess I just feel like um you need a whole lot more horsepower at this track to really pull away and and to not keep the car bun cars bunched up. And I don't think the cars have enough horsepower to pull away from each other because this is such a big track, such a wide track, such a such a really it's a really fast track. And you need a lot of horsepower to pull away from people. And I don't think, even with the package we have now, I don't think we have enough horsepower to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think last year was under the 550 package. And they had that weird thing where, like, nobody could pull away and nobody could pass. And you had to, like, build a run to make a pass, which was fun to watch, but also annoying. So I... I'd be inclined to to I, I certainly hope we get some sort of pack racing. That would be cool. Uh, I've always thought Michigan would be a fun track to have pack racing at if they could make it work. I don't think the auto club option is going to happen because um, the track's not worn out enough. So some sort of draft will be in effect. So with that being said, who do you think uh, are, are some threats to win this week? Um, I would look at the Fords. I think they are, they're, they have been showing some steady improvement in the past month or so. And, um, this is Ford's home track. They always put a lot of emphasis on Michigan. So, um, I'm expecting them to show up again. So team Penske, Stuart Haas, RFK, we might see some good runs from them. Yeah, I, I would agree that the, the, it's the closest track for uh, Chevrolet and Ford, American auto manufacturers. They always uh, put a, a big emphasis into this, but Ford always seems to win this race. I feel like they've won like the last six or last five or something like that, something big. Because, well, Blaney won last year, and then Harvick won the two races there the year before. I don't know about the others before that, but – um, a non-Ford driver to look at, Kyle Larson, in the last eight, his last eight races at this track, three wins, 
and five top fives in that span. Led a lot of laps. He's good at this kind of track. He won at the last two-mile oval at Auto Club. He seems to have this type of racetrack down. You can run the high line. So I, I would definitely look at Larson for picks and for fantasy. Yeah, that's a good point. Larson has been itching to get another win for, for a very long time. He's in a bit of a drought here. Um, I think this would be a perfect track for him to get back on track. Back on track. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, Well, he went off track at Indy this week, so he does need to get back on track. All right, let's get into picks. Um, first of all, actually, let's mention fantasy quick. It's tightening up, Eric. You're within 80 points of Connor now? Oh yeah, I'm 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 coming I'm coming for that lead. I'm I'm not giving up here. I'm I'm on a really good stretch. I've been getting my picks right, uh, pretty much week to week at this point. So um, I'm I'm coming for the point lead. You are 66 points behind Connor. Two more good weeks, and you might be right there. That that would be something fun to see. Year of Dorati 18 is uh, only. Uh, 87 points behind, and I'm still sitting in fourth. I've got a comfortable lead over everyone else, but I'm still about 150 points out of the lead out of behind Connor. I, I, I've still really closed that gap up the last couple of weeks, but um, I'm going to need some really good runs to have any sort of a chance at him uh, at the title this year. But um, it's uh, it's shaping up to be a good finish to the uh, fantasy season. All right, Eric, who is your pick? Actually, Connor already gave me his, so I'll put um, his in first. Connor picked um, Connor picked Ryan Blaney. So last year's winner um, picks him to, to snap his drought. Um, who do you have, Eric? Uh, I have William Byron. Finally getting a good run? All right. I think that's a good pick. He was really, didn't he finish second year last year? He did. Yeah. He was really close. All right. I'm going to pick Kyle Larson again, second week in a row, but um, you know, he, uh, this is the type of track he's really good at. And I think he's been itching to get another win. So I um, want to, I'm sure he's itching to get a, to get a new win here, another win here. So, um, and then a series pick as I pull up my random number generator is, oh, Eric. What? She picked the 24. I have to change mine? No, I mean, I guess technically if you wanted to, you could, but it's, it's okay to have, we decided it's okay to have the same pick twice this year. So, I mean, I'll here we'll 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 bend the rules here. I'll make her pick a new one. All right, fifty-four. Nope, twenty-one of Harrison Burton. So, I got the momentum. I guess well, that's he's got momentum. I guess that's the only lead. Yeah, if, if we get pack racing, he might have a shot. Yeah, he's pretty good at Daytona. And Atlanta, that's where his first top 10 came at. All right. One more thing before, uh, as my dog is making a bunch of noise outside, it appears she's stolen a peach from our peach tree. Um, 
she does that a lot. Um, but who have you seen the trailer for this new USA Network race for the championship, Eric? Oh, yes, I have, and I'm really excited for it. Yes, do you think? I, I love the idea. It looks fantastic. I'm just a little upset that it's only on USA Network. I feel like if they really wanted this to get big, they should have put it on NBC. They should have just put it on Netflix. I think that would have been like the end all be all of getting NASCAR up there. Just put it on Netflix. But I'm sure they have some sort of licensing agreement with F1 that prevents that. Um, I don't know if it's that. I think it would I think it's just NBC. Like, ideally, if you're NBC, you wouldn't give it to your competitor. You'd try and use it to boost your ratings on Peacock. Like, if I was NASCAR, I'd try everything to get this show put on on uh, Netflix, but I don't know if you could, you know? Yeah, and that's where the problem comes in because um, Peacock is – obviously not very popular i mean before i before nbc even mentioned it, i didn't even know it was a thing um that's that's not gonna do much for getting new fans they we might get a couple you know we might have some success on that front of getting new fans in but the majority of the people who will watch this will probably be pre-existing fans if they man somehow managed to get it on netflix that would open up the, the floodgates to people who are not familiar with it and that would have been perfect but Unfortunately, that seems not to have been possible. I wish it would have happened, but um, that's just, I guess, how it turned out. I'm still really excited for it. I, I'm definitely going to be watching it. So um, uh, hope it turns out well. Yeah, I mean, Peacock has the office, so there's probably people that use a, a decent fan base for, the, for Peacock using it. But I agree. I mean, if you want this to go big, you have to put it where casual or non-fans can find it. And I mean, maybe by putting it on USA, there are people that there will be people that just stumble across it. But it, it, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'm really excited as a fan myself to see how this how how it how it looks. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm really hyped for it. All right. Well, thank you for uh, coming on to help guest host today. No problem. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it always is. It's fun having a place to, to talk racing for an hour. Uh, appreciate you coming on, filling in for Connor this week. Thank you all for listening. Um, go check out at, uh, Washington on the daily at WSH on the daily on Instagram for all your Washington commanders news. Go use circle B diecast for those fantastic new next gen diecasts. And uh, Eric, any final thoughts before we close out the show? Um, no, no one likes Austin Dillon's show. I doubt there's a single person in this entire world that wakes up and says, boy, I can't wait to see Austin Dillon's show tonight. Did you watch it? Nope. Okay. When we were at Pocono, so like one of the people in our compound, they set up a TV so everyone can watch. And so it was tuned to USA for the race or for like qualifying one day. Anyway. Typically, they just left it on all night, or at least till everyone went to bed. So it would, we just, it would run through the other shows. And so Austin Dillon's show came on one night. And I can confirm that is the cringiest, trashiest, like, 
I thought maybe there was a chance it might be okay. It wasn't. It was awful. We watched, Connor and I watched like five minutes of it and just is so, so stupid and dumb and lame. Please, if you're listening, do not watch that show. Convince, you're not, NBC is not bringing in new fans with this TV show. It did not work. The crew did not work. You remember the crew? I actually kind of liked it. I I just wish they didn't leave it on a cliffhanger, but it still wasn't what we needed for, for NASCAR fans to, and to get new people into it. That was still cringy and just not, not good. Yeah. Overall, they need better TV shows. Hopefully race for the championship is that. All right. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. And we will see you next week on the Quick Pit Podcast. Bye, Thanks everyone. For listening. Goodbye.